Daytona Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. And this week, another listener request. Oh, yeah, you can uh, drop us a request, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or if you are over on our Discord server, which we hope every single one of you listening will come and check out our Discord server, hang out with a bunch of other really cool people. We also have a Top 5 channel there where you can make suggestions for things we might cover in upcoming shows. But this week, it is Top 5 Things We Had in High School. Top five things we had in high school. Now, Rodrigo, you are the closest uh, to uh, to high school graduation than the rest of us. You're so how, how about we start with you and your number five? Okay. Uh, my number five thing that I had in high school was quarters, right? You know, like uh, 25 cent pieces. Oh, yeah, because uh, you never know when you might have to call your mom and have her come pick you up. That's exactly right. I didn't know when I would need to make a telephone call. And so I had to find uh, these phones that were attached to either walls or poles and call from there. And I had to pay to do it. Um, So, yeah, my thing that I always had while I was in high school is quarters. I I honestly thought you were going to say quarters for video games. Uh, see, that's the thing. When I, by the time I went to high school, uh, payphones were still a thing, but arcades were not. Mm. Arcades had like completely dried out by that point. Man, that sucks. Yeah, that was a rough time. The nineties <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. All right, so quarters <laughs> is Rodrigo's number five. Matthew, what did you have for number five? My number five is actually kind of a leftover from an earlier life. But in, in my case, being 12 is almost like being in high school. So by the time not, I not was quite. in high school, yeah, it is. It was for me. I was actually ahead of the curve. Um, but by the time I was in high school, I had an extensive collection of G.I. Joe action figures and vehicles. To the point where literally, uh, I, I lived on the lower level of a house, and at one point, the lower level of the house was actually an apartment. Like, you know, rooms, you had bedrooms, you had a living room, you had a kitchen, had everything. And the kitchen had a kitchen table, and on that kitchen table was just a whole collection of my G.I. Joe action figures. I had like four Jeeps and a couple of tanks. I had like some bivouacs and, you know, missile launchers and junk. And they were really, really great. And there's something that I learned after I went off to college and came back. A G.I. Joe action figure is held together by basically a rubber band, an O-ring inside the torso. And after about five years, they start to disintegrate. Mm -hmm. So I came back from college to find my G.I. Joe action figures were all like bisected as though a G.I. Joe slasher had come through and, you know, stabbed everyone and just like cut them in half. So. Uh, I actually still have them all. They're in uh, cartons in my garage now, but I don't necessarily have the wherewithal to repair them. But nonetheless, I had, I would go to the store. I would buy, you know, the new tanks. I would buy the new stuff. I would buy all of the cool GI Joe action figures and toys and stuff because I didn't have toys when I was a kid, kid. So when I was in high school, I got into all the things that they, you know, the kids were into five and 10 years before. All right, there you go. All right, my number uh, five thing that I still had in high school, my virginity. All right, let us move on to our number fours. Rodrigo, what do you have for your number four? Uh, My number four uh, is related to my number five, 
in that the main reason why I would have those quarters is so that I could call my house's landline. We were just talking about landlines today in the house, debating whether to finally get rid of ours. And then my wife and I started going down memory lane of, oh, remember the rotary phones and all those things. And my son was like, yeah, it must have sucked back in the day when you guys didn't have phones. And we're like, yeah, we, we had phones. Those yeah, phones. that's that's what this is like. How do you talk to people? Well, we the picked it up is, and we had a conversation a with people. Yeah, there was a way to play games on those phones. But don't tell him because he'll start puking. Like, that's just going to be like very offensive to him about how how people used to play games with rotary phones. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I think my my parents finally got rid of their landline um, a few years ago because my mom is a like freelance translator and interpreter, and she works often works for the government, right, either city or state government. And uh, they would still send her faxes. So she needed to have a fax, which she didn't have a fax. She just had a computer that could comprehend the the fax, right? Um, But it eventually got to the point that, like, not even the government is still sending faxes. So I think finally they just switched it all to email and they don't have a landline anymore. But, yep, I I still have the the house's phone number memorized because, you know. Back at, I didn't have a, a a thing that like you could just press a button and it would call whoever I wanted. Nice, 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 nice. Matthew, what do you have for your number four? My number four is not going to sound very impressive in 2021, but it was incredibly difficult in 1986. My number four, I had in high school every single Monkees album at the time that was nine on cassette. So I had the monkeys, more of the monkeys, headquarters, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited, the birds, the bees, and the monkeys, head, instant replay, the monkeys present, and changes. And the important thing you need to know is we didn't have a record store in my hometown. You didn't have a way to buy used vinyl at that point. So if something was out of print, you didn't get it. But fortunately... My friend Gator, that was his, his real, actually his real name was Joshua, but my friend Gator had a rich dad and the rich dad loved old music and had like a whole music room full of vinyl records. And, uh, we managed to copy all of these records. We literally recorded them to cassette and then we photocopied the liner notes and the covers and, you know, cut them up and made them look really nice so that when I was driving around Western Kansas, I could listen to all nine original Monkees albums in their pressing order. You know, it got depressing near the end because Peter quit and the last album is just Mickey and Davey in a backing band, you know, in a studio somewhere. But in order to get those, you couldn't like, you know, there was no downloading for the internet. There was no time life books where you could just write away. If that album was out of print, that album was out of print and you just had to suck it. And even when the monkeys got big again in 86, they didn't put everything back into print. They only put the most popular albums at first. So it was one of those things where I was super proud. I had all the music and it was really cool. And you could put it in your cassette player, which was like an eight track player, only smaller. Yeah, I had their greatest hits album on cassette. That was that was about the only thing I could get a hold of. In like the mid eighties, five greatest hits albums in 85, 86, because MTV started airing the show again. 
but it was always the same songs, just in a different order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Cool. Uh, my number four was it was, and actually probably until about ten years ago, uh, a 1976 Black Ford F-150. Actually, it was a two-colored uh, Black Ford F-150. It was the body was black, and then the uh, the hood, the the cabin area was white. Uh, my parents bought this in 76 for whatever reason. I think it was because uh, they were building their house at the time. And so it was used to haul around a bunch of stuff at the time. And then once my sister was born and was old enough, we used it to uh, go on family vacation. So we'd put a, a camper shell on the back and, um, you know, drive all over these great United States. So eight years and, you know, probably close to 100,000 miles later, uh, you know, it is my car that I can drive to school because, you know, my parents, number one, wouldn't buy me a car. And uh, number two, still wouldn't buy me a car when I went to college. Uh, and they wouldn't let me drive the quote unquote new cars that they had purchased for themselves uh, after that. So for me, uh, and so in the, you know, between the time of we stopped going on summer vacations every week, driving across the country for two weeks and me p driving it in high school, it was mainly the utility truck at my parents' house. So uh, in the fall and winter, it was used exclusively for hauling wood when we were building the um, retaining wall behind the house and we would go and pick up railroad ties. Uh, you know, that thing was loaded down with railroad ties in the back. So you can imagine throwing wood and railroad ties and just sitting out in the hot heat during the summer, uh, sometimes forgetting to roll up the windows when it would rain and opening the, the, the door and water just pouring out. This car was a pretty much banged up piece of crap by the time I inherited it, but I drove it all over the place and that was my car. I, I in fact, I have, from the time, because it was such a crappy car and sometimes it wouldn't start. Like, uh, I remember one time after school, uh, it wouldn't start and we figured out it was an alternator. So we had to go down to the, to the car, um, a repair place, buy an alternator, go back up, install it and get it running again. Another time it died on the way to school and we had to abandon it out in the middle of a country road somewhere until the next day when we could try to haul it back home. Uh, but I parked it in like the quote unquote freshman lot, which was just the little dirt strip over by the gym. Uh, all the seniors parked closest to the school because they had some it wasn't, you know, a uh, mandatory thing, but that's just kind of the way it was. But I parked it there when I was a freshman. And even when I was sen a senior, I still parked it in the far side of the parking lot just because it was a piece of crap car. But that thing <laughs> took me all over the place. In fact, I, I want to say that I actually drove it to. Uh, Hayes once when I was going probably to to enroll or register, um, which was probably the biggest mistake in the world. I mean, it drove fine, but considering the problems that I had and it was one of those uh, cars that probably every third day or so my mom would wake me up before she left uh, to go to teach and say, hey, the uh, the truck has a flat tire. If you're going to drive it, you better go get that tire changed before you go to school. So I got used to changing tires on that car within like 10 minutes you know jack it up you know get get the lug nuts loosened up jack it up take the tire off put the spare on tighten it back down uh get it off the jack and then get off to school and drop it off at the uh the the tire that had the hole in it drop it off at the at the garage so the guy could uh, patch it up and then pick it up after school is like i think it was like five bucks every time to do a patch job on that thing but that was a car that i drove around all over the place and uh it was definitely a signature car especially in 1989 when I'm driving to prom in that uh, 1976 Black Ford F-150. You know what, Stephen? What's that? My number two is also an inherited pickup truck. But I bet it wasn't a 76 Black Ford F-150. No, it was a 1970 Chevrolet C-10. Mm. It was awesome. It was two-tone brown. It was a custom paint job. 
Um, I actually drove it to Florida once. It was a big mistake, but I did. Uh, and also, it was uh, the vehicle that I initially took to college. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Take to college, and then did take to college. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, it was it was uh, practically indestructible. I think that was the best part about. Well, it. I think that was the thing about the cars back then, right? Because you would open up the hood, and like two pe- two full grown men could crawl inside <laughs> the hood of the car <laughs> yeah. and still have room to and to monkey around, around on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I literally, I probably bumped into everything in Western Kansas at one point or another. But I, you know, I learned how to drive on that thing. Uh, at one point, uh, Thomas and Marcia's car broke down, so we just tied it to my truck, mm-hmm. and we didn't realize it didn't have any brakes, so it crashed into the back of the truck, and it, it literally left, like, a mark. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was barely even any evidence of the damage. It was really, really cool, and I think the best part about it was I tricked it out with a killer stereo system. So it's this tiny little steel cabinet that you're sitting in. <laughs> yeah. And the stereo is amazing. So I can you know, play my monkeys. When, when it was the uh, family drive around car, my dad, mm-hmm. this is the seventies when, when they bought this thing, uh, it had a CB radio in it and they never took it out. And for whatever reason, there was a speaker. So you could, you know, a speaker that he had attached behind the driver's seat. So you could hear the, uh, you know, what was going on in the CB. And my friend Mike and I figured out a way to, to flip the polarity on that. So it became not a speaker to hear what, um, what other people were saying on the CB, but rather it, it became a loudspeaker. So we'd sit in the parking lot and, and yell at people. Yeah, That's that was, fun. that was a lot of fun. Anyway. All right. So my, my best stupid truck story. Are you ready? We went to, um, I think it's pioneer village in Nebraska and we were at pioneer village in Nebraska and I had driven this truck and we were going through their uh, antique car show. It's like, these are ancient cars that no one ever uses anymore. And I swear to you, the last one in the entrance, the last car in their show of cars that are so old that no one would ever use them is literally the truck that I used to drove to Pioneer Village. (laughs) So the vehicle that I brought with me was so antique that it was in this antique show at Pioneer Village. And no one in their right mind would ever drive such a vehicle. And then I got in it and I drove home. The fate of the 1976 Blackboard F-150 was one winter, my dad, I don't know, I guess he was hauling wood or something. This was after I'd gone to college. In fact, I had moved to Atlanta and come back. Um, he had, it's, I mean, so literally this is like nine, or this is like 2000, 2001. My dad was driving it through the front yard because that's, you know, the way to get around to the back to, to unload the wood. And somehow the, he was driving across the ground and it was so soft that he buried the truck up to the door. And couldn't get it out. And so it sat in the front lawn for, I don't know, six months because they were getting ready to remodel. And so they were having a big auction at the house <laughs> to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And they're doing the auction. And, and uh, somebody, you know, right in the middle of the auction was like, hey, is this truck for sale? And my dad is like, yeah. And the guy was like, does it start? And so they got in and it started up. And the guy was guy was like, I give you 50 bucks for it. And so my dad was like, sure, go ahead, take it. It's yours. You're going to have to dig it out and, and uh, take it. But the guy took it for like 50 bucks. So who knows where that car is now? So. so there's my number four and Matthew's number two. Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? Uh, my number three. Please be a truck. Please be a truck. Please be a truck. It is not a truck. I, uh, I uh, sort of inherited a Saturn, which they eventually stopped making, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not what I put down for my number four. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, in fact, something that I used to listen to while I took the bus to school. And that was a 
Discman. Oh, nice. The Discman, something that you can use to listen to Discman. compact discs. Um, it has the rare sort of, um, I guess, mystique of being newer technology uh, and yet worse than previous technology, <laughs> right? Because CDs, uh, you know, require a to be lined up with a laser, which means if you bump a Discman, it skips. Um, yep. Whereas uh, if you bump a Walkman, or, you know, if you are listening to a Walkman and you smash it against the wall, as long as it doesn't actually break, it's probably still playing, right? But mm. if you do that to something with a disc, then you probably broke the walk, the disc man and the disc. Yeah. So I kind of had to like, I, I basically would set uh, like my uh, super rad trapper keeper on my lap and then put the disc man on top um, and try to like basically use my own body as uh, shock absorber for it since our bus apparently had none. Um, so, yeah, I listened to uh, the Foo Fighters a lot on it. Um, you know, Café Tacuba, that kind of stuff. That's my number three. Nice. I remember the Discman. I must have had a second gen because I didn't get my Discman until 93, 94, somewhere around there. And uh, I remember their big thing was it has skip protection, right? Which and meant it, that which meant that it still skipped like heck, but it uh, at least you thought you were buying something better than yeah. the old technology. I think mine did too, and you could like it had a a, a switch that you flipped on. Oh yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. skip protection, mm -hmm. and maybe that did take down the skipping, but also it consumed the battery exactly. approximately 17 <laughs> times faster. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think I used mine. Didn't it come with like a strap or something so that you could like carry it over your shoulder? Uh, if it did, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure we got mine uh, either used or it was like briefly my dad's and oh, then yeah. I got it. Because I, I do not remember ever like taking that thing out of the package. Yeah. Yeah, I bought yeah, I bought mine at the Salina uh after my senior year in college. And uh I I remember I bought a, another accessory, a very important accessory for anyone that had a CD player back in the day. Uh it was a uh cassette adapter where you would plug the headphone jack into the CD player and then you'd this other thing looked just like a cassette uh that Matthew was talking about. You pop it into your your stereo cassette player. And right. then it would it would play that way. But it was a good chance that if you did that, it also ruined your cassette player. So, you know, 50, 50 shot. Yeah. Matthew, what do you have for number three? My number three is sort of like your number five, only sad. Um, when I was in high school, I had a huge crush on a girl named Kristen. Uh, she was the new kid at one point in our school. And she was like, I don't know if you if you remember Saved by the Bell. Never watched a single episode. Yeah, Rodrigo remembers every episode. Yes. Yeah, Kelly Kapowski. So imagine mm -hmm. if Kelly Kapowski were a real person. I mean, she is only, a real person. Only she, no, she's a fictional person played by Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Get with the program. Kelly Kapowski is an imaginary person, but Kristen, who is wonderful, I still actually uh, talk to her now, thanks to the magic of Facebook, kids. Uh, none of our parents knew their high school friends 
afterwards and, and could compare their lives to their high school friends. But I still know her. I had a terrible crush on her. She was kind of weird, which is good, you know, with, uh, which I like in women. And she had these amazing brown eyes, which I also like in women. But most importantly, she was like willing to talk to me. And I think that's what I really have always wanted in a woman. And so it was, you know, it was kind of nice. And of course, I moved high schools like four times. So I moved away and never saw her again until we were like, you know, in our late 40s. And of course, Facebook. But it was one of those things where you're just like, ah, every time you, you know, you watch a movie about high school kids falling in love and I don't know, winning a boat race, whatever it is, you're just like, ah, I remember when I fast times at Ridgemont High. And so for that reason, my number three is my crush on a girl who's actually a hospice nurse now, which is totally bummer and a different reason. A girl named Kristen. What is, what is, Fast time at Ridgemont High. What what is that? Is that a euphemism for masturbating in the bathroom while you're watching somebody through the window? No, that's creepy. Well, I, I didn't know why you why you would say that. You know, there's other the parts girl. to that movie, right? Well, not really. It, it's uh, being friends with Judge Reinhold. Being friends, <laughs> all, yeah, exactly. Being friends. With all Judge of Reinhold. the Long John Silvers. Uh, fish and chips that you can eat, even though it wasn't working, Long John Working Silvers. as an usher and, and forgetting to take your your wallet to Wiener Schnitzel and yeah. having somebody paint having on the to, side of your. There's more to that movie. Having to pay than for an abortion. Just Phoebe Kate Stephen. I mean, that's the Forrest part anybody Whitaker remembers. Is in that movie. I know he played Sean the uh, he played the he played Nicholas the uh, football Cage. player. That Judge is a bone. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Fast Time is a Ridgemont High based on true events. Based on true events. Yes. Yes, indeed. uh, The same way that, uh, you know, almost famous was, quote unquote, based on true events. Well, the uh, the person who wrote it, the woman who wrote it, she actually was one of those that uh, did a 21 Jump Street where she went and and pretended she was a high school student. So spent a year at um, what's the yeah, spent a year at the high school. I'm trying to think of the actual high school in Los Angeles that it's at. One of my friends went to it. Uh, when uh, when they were there. But yeah, based on based on those true stories, names change to protect the innocent. Anyway, my number three, something that um, I, I don't use it today, but I use the skills and everything from that. Uh, I used to take lots of pictures uh, growing up. I uh, started with this little crappy Instamatic camera uh, when I was 10. But by the time I had gotten to high school, um, pretty much I carried around with me all the time an Olympus OMG 35 millimeter uh, camera so that OMG. I could. Yeah, that's that's the original OMG. Uh, but it had, you know, 35 millimeter and it was one that kept freezing up a lot for whatever reason. It, the shutter kept sticking. And so my mom wouldn't use it anymore. But I was like, I don't care if it sticks. I can do some pretty cool things with a uh, long shutter. And so uh, I got that and I would take pictures all the time with it. And then, of course, I got involved in uh, the newspaper and yearbook in high school. And so I was the guy that was constantly in the darkroom, developing film, taking pictures all around the school and uh, those kinds of things. So uh, the skills that I learned growing up, even when I was 10, carried me through high school and even through today. But uh, I always I just until like maybe five years ago, I still had that camera. And then I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to shoot 35 millimeter film again. So I just chucked it, uh, chucked it. But I kept the lens, which right now is on my new Canon EOS R uh, camera. Uh, I just have a little adapter and I've just I still have that original Olympus 50 millimeter uh, lens on this camera. So it's still being used today. So that's that is my number 
three. I think we've got everybody's number threes down, right? Okay. Let us move on to number two. And Rodrigo, what did you have as your number two? My number two is something that I want to say maybe my senior year or my junior year, I was forced to buy. Like we had been able to borrow them prior to that, but I ended up having to buy one. And I remember them being pricey, and that's a graphing calculator. Oh, yeah. Um, graphing calculators I find really cool. Um, I just, I, I like, I don't know very much math, but it's like, I can tell that you can do a lot of math with them. I had <laughs> friends who were like, you know, these things are actually like, you know, powerful, quote unquote, enough that you can actually run games on them and i was like why it's 1998 the game boy color is out why would i need to play a game on a graphing calculator um but i i remember like i got this graphing calculator and i was like uh like trying to figure out like i would actually like look through mad books and actually like start going on the internet and look up stuff that I could do with it. And it's like, oh, I can graph a cosine. I don't know what that is, but cool. You know, just like it was kind of this thing that like opened up a portal to another world that I never went through. It's like <laughs> peeking into Narnia and like looking around and being like, oh, that guy's wearing a scarf. And then being like, okay, bye. And then just like closing the door. Like that was fun. That's, I, that's kind of what a graphing calculator was, but you know, it was something to mess with, and you know, it was like a little, having a little computer, mm -hmm. um, you know, in class, which and you know, it actually made things a lot easier when we started taking sort of like pre-calculus stuff. Yep. Now I just had a cheap, cheap old uh, solar-powered uh, calculator all through school, but they were very expensive to get a graphing calculator. Uh, so for whatever reason, our high school had purchased a bunch of graphing calculators so that when we got to uh, needing them in class, the teacher would pull them out of a cabinet and hand them out to every student. So they had like 20 of these graphing calculators. Ours did not have the paper printout. But Matthew, did you ever have one of those scientific or graphing calculators that actually had a little spool of paper so you could press the button and it would print out all the calculations that you had so you could check your work that way? I didn't ever use it. But yes, there was actually one in my house growing up. Uh, I was actually raised by teachers. Yeah, not, and I'm not talking about one of those, you know, businessman's calculators. No, not like right, an adding right. machine. I'm yeah, yeah. Like a little like, handheld calculator. Yeah, like literally cool. you could type in the, the equations or whatever you were doing. And then instead of, you could get it to print on the screen, but then you could also print the graph out onto a little little strip of paper. I'm it was, pretty, it was the sure, it was I'm pretty sure some kids in my class had that, like, Either those models were still around or maybe that, that was like a fancier model, mm -hmm. but mostly they use them to like type out boobs and stuff and then print it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, like 58008. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matthew, we've already done your number two, uh, so we'll right. get over to my number two. So sometime in the 70s, I don't remember exactly when, but my parents took a trip to Hawaii. And that was 75 after the Brady's did it. No, it would have been... It would have been after the, the 70. It was after my sister was born. So this would have probably been 79 or 80 is going to be my guess is when they, they took the this Brady's trip. Did it. Yes. Um, but my dad, for whatever reason, 
bought this really loud Hawaiian shirt. This thing is was like the neoniest orange that you could ever imagine mixed with some neon yellows and a little hint of pink here and there. And it wasn't like uh, a polyester. Well, it wasn't like your traditional shirt material. I have no idea what this thing was made of, but he wore it when he was in Hawaii and it came back and then it hung up in his in his closet until I was in high school. And then one day we had a I don't know if it was some one of those dress up days that schools do. And so I was like, oh, my my dad's got that shirt in his closet. I'm going to just borrow it for this for this thing. And I wore it to school and everyone was like, that is the dopest shirt, although dope, I don't think had been a use a word that was in use in the way that, uh, that we use dope now. That is the raddest shirt. I, yeah, maybe rad, but the, everybody just really liked that shirt. And Most some people really, really, really hated it. But um, from that moment on, it? everybody, every, oh. it was both loved and uh, hated at the same time. And I continued to wear it as much as I humanly could all through high school. I don't know if I wore it in college. Maybe I wore it in college once or twice. Um, but it was definitely a, a favorite shirt of mine. Uh, I don't have, know what happened to that shirt. I probably uh, got too big for it and uh, it had to go to a donation bin somewhere. But, oh, man, my loud Hawaiian shirt was was the best. Now, granted, I had a bunch of other Hawaiian shirts that were pretty popular at the time, thanks to TV shows like uh, Miami Vice. But um, but that one was the loudest and brightest. And there was no way that uh, if the school ever lost power, they could just hook a pair of jumper jumper cables up to that shirt from mm-hmm. all the uh, radiation that it was uh, emitting and could power, you know, a small town with that stuff. So that's how bright it was. So that is my number two, a loud Hawaiian shirt. OK, we have made it to the top of the charts. We have hit our number ones. Rodrigo, what is the number one thing that you had in high school? The number one thing that I had in high school was an actual physical planner that was made out of paper. It's like a bunch of pieces of paper stapled together with a faux leather cover that I would write what I was supposed to do later in. And then I had to consult it to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. And at the time, um, I, when I was in high school, I was like, I have to do a lot of stuff. Like I have sports and play practice. And also I have to do stuff at home. And also there's like TV shows that I want to watch. <laughs> so I kind of had to get organized. Um, cause I, I, cause also, you know, for any, for any youngins listening back in those days, you had to actually watch tv at a certain time or set up your vcr to record it for you a vcr is you know what we're never going to get out of here if i keep going so um anyway it's, it's yeah like I, TiVo with boxes yeah i i decided yes you put the you put the box inside the bigger box and then it records your show onto that box but only for two um, hours max but only but only for two hours and not that well and then you have to mess with the tracking yes. um i uh you know, today I use Google calendars on my phone, but I still use some of the notation that I kind of developed for myself uh, back in those days. The, the, the issue that I have with Google calendars that a physical planner I didn't have, or an issue that I didn't have with that, is that if I was ever sitting and didn't have much to do, or I was in class and I wasn't like 
wanting to pay attention, I could just like draw weird fish in my planner. You know, it was like something that was kind of there. Um, now I can look stuff up on my phone, um, but short of like downloading a drawing app, you know, for the express purpose of drawing a fish, there's just like, that's like an additional step. Whereas like when you just have like something that has paper in it available, you can just doodle on it. Um, but yeah, I used to, you know, for a couple of years, I lived out of that planner and then I got to college and I didn't have one. I had more stuff to do, but I just decided I was like, I'm just gonna like speed run through this and see what happens. And what happened was uh C average. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Matthew, what did you have for your number one? Speaking of C averages, um, when I was in high school, the most important thing that I had and I no longer have this, even though I feel like I want to. I had a love of staying up late and mostly watching TV. I mean, I remember multiple times. At, the, at one point in high school, I had to get up at 5 a.m. to go to work and deliver newspapers. And I remember multiple times going, oh, crap, I forgot to sleep. Or I now don't have time to sleep, so I'm going to go and deliver the newspapers, then I'll go to school. But... I would sit up late on Saturday nights. I would always watch Saturday night live. I, it was a particularly poor period uh, throughout my high school experiences. Um, mm -hmm. The terrible season where a uh, Lauren was gone and Gilbert Gottfried was briefly on the show and the season where they brought in Christopher guest and Billy crystal and a bunch of ringers was all in there. But I would sit up and I'd watch channel 41. They had a late night program with uncle Ed and Uncle Ed would play Twilight Zone episodes and Three Stooges shorts. And uh, if you go look up Uncle Ed now on the internet, it's the most scary thing you've ever seen. It's horrifying. Yeah, actually, don't look uh, up Uncle Ed because... Uh, yeah, it, it ends badly. Yeah, it ends very, very badly. So I don't it, even like bringing yeah. his name up. Oh, sorry. Uh, Uncle Slagathor. But you could sit and you could watch things. And it wasn't like, you know, now where people will get bored at 2 a.m. and it's all infomercials. They would program stuff in those slots. You know, you would watch David Letterman's show after mm -hmm. The Tonight Show and then Tom Snyder after David Letterman. And then it would be like, I don't know, reruns of My Mother the Car. And I would yeah. just sit up late and I would, I would absorb things or read stuff or just sit and, you know, hang out and play with my G.I. Joe action figures. But whatever it was, I really enjoyed being up late especially you know when you didn't have to get up early the next day but now if i'm if i'm up past about 9 30 or 10 i'm like boy i need to be hitting the old dusty trail maybe you know take a nap on my way upstairs to go to bed i don't know i, d I don't necessarily miss it but on some level i kind of do it miss it and then i don't and then i do and then i cha-cha cool all right. Uh, so my number one, uh, I already mentioned the Olympus OMG uh, camera, but OMG. at some point we had to move to motion pictures. And so I think it was when I was in eighth grade and um, a good friend of mine, Jeff, who was a year ahead of me when he was a freshman, he got his hands on a JVC VHS camcorder uh, recorder. Ooh. And it was really cool. And by the time that I became a freshman, uh, I started uh, shooting a lot of the sports games. I started shooting the football game. So I would you know, travel with the team and I would get the school's VHS camera and go and shoot uh, everything, uh, you know, all the football, basketball games, etc. But at some point, my friend Jeff had figured out a way that there were parents 
who would want copies of those games. And so he was using his VHS camera and uh, making, uh, you know, going and recording the games and then selling them to parents for like 20 bucks a pop. And this is like 1985, 1986. So 20 bucks is quite a bit of $107. Pretty, pretty much. So uh, then what ended up happening, this is a good business sense. Uh, he decided he didn't want to go to the games and record them. And since I was already going to the games to record them, how about I take his camera and he will pay me $10 and he will keep $10 and I will do all the work and he will make all the money as a businessman. And so I just started doing that until um, probably I think it was my saw, uh, my junior year that he was kind of done with doing that kind of stuff. And my parents saw how much I really enjoyed doing the uh, the recording and they started to see some some value of moving away from the eight millimeter uh, camera to VHS. So they bought an RCA CC 310 VHS camcorder. And that's what I used uh, my junior and senior years to just record everything. That thing never left my side. I used it more than my parents did. I used it to short uh, shoot uh, short uh, films with my friend Mike. Uh, we would shoot crazy music videos, basically just limp, basically TikTok today, but we did it on VHS uh, <laughs> and uh, just doing all sorts of stupid stuff and making some money. By the time that I was a junior, senior in high school, Jeff has, was tired of of just getting free money. Uh, and so I uh, took that over and was recording things at 20 bucks a pop. So I would go and uh, one family in particular just thought their son was the the greatest thing. And so um, if he's going to track me, they wanted me to record all the events that he was in. And after that, they didn't care about anything else. So, you know, I'd buy these two hour tapes and there would only be like 10 minutes of their son on that tape and still sell it to him for like 20 bucks. And yeah. they loved it. Uh, the coaches weren't too thrilled about it because they're like, well, we were kind of hoping that you would record the game so we could watch the 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 highlights. And I was like, hey, you can get somebody else to to do it. Yeah. So they would watch it after the game and bring all the get players in money. and doing that stuff. And I was like, yeah, kind of pretty much. But that VHS RCA CC 310 VHS camcorder, bulky, just, you know, just bulky is what the problem was with it. But I but I took it everywhere. And again, the things that I had learned from stills photography, taking that to videography. And then using that when I got into college and beyond uh, really helped. So that was the number one thing that I had in high school. You know what, what about 20 bucks in 1987 is worth today? What's that? 47 bucks. Well, I mean, and again, when you guys hear me uh, uh, wax poetically about being able to take 20 bucks and fill up my truck with gas, go to Topeka, buy four or five comic books, drive to Lawrence, buy a comic book, stop at the, at, I think it was a, was it a Hardee's? Was it always a Hardee's in between? Uh, yeah, um, it was a Hardee's. In always between, between Topeka. Topeka and Lawrence. Stop this there and get Hardee's a hamburger. Has always been here. <laughs> and then uh, drive home afterwards and still have half a tank of gas. Uh, so it was it was good times with that. So that was my spending money was anything that I worked for, either mowing grass or, you know, recording things. That's how I made my money growing up. So that is my number one thing. What about you, dear listener? What was the number one thing that you had in high school? Doesn't matter if you were born in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or beyond, or today. <laughs> Mix 103 FL. What are the things that you had when you were in high school? Here's a couple of ways you can do it. You can go over to Majorspoilers.com, and in the comments section, you can share the top five things that you had in high school. That's perfectly fine. We love seeing your comments there. You could post them on Twitter, but I think some of your followers might be going, uh-oh, something's happened to, to Harry. Uh, he's starting to, to trip out again. Or better yet, you can head over to our Discord server. Remember, I mentioned that at the top of the show. You can head over to our Discord server, jump into the top five channel, and share all of the things 
that you had in high school. Maybe you had a really cool gym bag. Maybe you had a trapper keeper. Maybe you had a pair of uh, pom-poms because you were a cheerleader. Or maybe you had a, a football helmet because you were, you know, also uh, dating a, a football player. But uh, whatever the case may be, head over to our Discord server, get into the top five, share your thoughts with everyone else. And then if you are so inclined, if you enjoy the show and everything that we share with you when we do top five, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, every little bit helps. Even if you want to do $5 a month, that's the equivalent of about a dollar per episode that we do for top five. That goes a long way to ensuring that this show continues far into the future. And when you connect your Patreon account to our Discord server, you'll actually unlock some extra secret channels that only our patrons have access to. What are they? You're going to have to connect your uh, Patreon account to find out. Find out more again at patreon.com slash major spoilers. We'll be back with more top five things in the very near, very near future. But until then, remember, everyone loves a list. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.